This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today I would like to continue with jazz rock, but more specifically, I would like to focus on the rock musicians from the early to mid-1960s who were influenced by jazz. These weren't necessarily, you know, jazz musicians who were involved in hard bop or, uh, you know, bebop or, or cool. These were rock musicians, primarily guitarists and keyboard players, who were influenced by the sound of modal jazz and also what you call maybe funky jazz or hard bop from the late 50s and early 60s. Certain aspects of modal jazz become apparent in their music. The first group I'd like to look at today is a Paul Butterfield blues band. In fact, the piece that we heard at the introduction of the show was uh, the work song written by Nat Adderley, made famous by Nat and his brother Cannibal Adderley in the early 60s. It's very interesting that a blues slash rock band would pick a hard bop or funky bop piece to cover. It's very interesting, but more interesting than that particular track is a track called East West, and it has certain elements of modal jazz. Actually, it's very, very modal, very strongly influenced by Miles Davis's Kind of Blue album and also some of the music of John Coltrane. The interesting thing about a lot of these rock musicians is that they were acutely aware of Miles's music and modal jazz. You have to remember that 1965-66 is only about five or six years after the release of Miles Davis's Kind of Blue and, of course, um, John Coltrane's you know excursions into free and modal jazz from the early 60s. So the sound wasn't that far removed. Let's get back to this piece called East-West. It's a groove. It's really not a song, and it's it's in the minor mode, and it has certain elements of, I guess you might call it, exotic music from the East or from maybe the Indian subcontinent. So let's check out East-West, Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Paul was a harmonica player and the band leader, but probably the most talented instrumentalist in the band was the guitarist Mike Bloomfield. One common thread with all of these rock bands is that improvisation was was really an important component of their performance. This particular guitar solo goes on for about almost four minutes. Bloomfield plays a wonderful solo. We're going to pick it up about two minutes and 51 seconds into it. Now check out Bloomfield's solo where you really hear this very strong Eastern influence. Check this out. Same track.
So that's the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, circa 1966. The name of the album was East West, and that track was also called East West. From around the same period in New York, a band by the name of Blues Project was formed by 1964 and 65, somewhere right in there. And this was also another rock band that was very strongly blues-influenced, but also had a very strong undercurrent of jazz in their music. And that really comes primarily from the keyboard player by the name of Al Cooper, who was a member of this group, and also a flute player by the name of Andy Kohlberg. They had a few hits between 1966 and 67. The most interesting record came out in 1967. It was called Projections. Interesting record. And the most interesting piece on the record is a piece called Flute Thing that was written by Al Cooper and Andy Kohlberg. So let's check this out. Again, a very strongly jazz influence, but a rock band where improvisation and stretching out is a central component of their performance. Guitars we just heard with the blues project playing that solo. His name is Steve Katz, who later in 1967, together with Al Cooper, would form a very famous group called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, but we'll talk about them later. Let's check out Al Cooper's short piano solo from the same track. artist I would like to look at is Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix was a revolutionary musician, composer, band leader, guitarist, great improviser. He really helped to transform the guitar from a jazz instrument or always associated with rockabilly to really a rock instrument especially by the way he played the instrument, but more by the sound that he was able to get out of the instrument using distortion and feedback and volume as a as a musical device, where when you hear jazz guitars or even rock guitars from the 50s and, and 60s, they really didn't use volume so much as a device or feedback or distortion. It, it was becoming popular by the mid-1960s, but Hendrix really elevated that to an important element of his music and and most subsequent rock guitarists. He possessed amazing technique, brilliant ideas, a great improviser. Now, early on in his career, he played in blues bands and R&B bands and was very strongly influenced by the, you know, the traditional jazz guitarists coming from the 1940s and 50s, but also from blues guitarists and more pop-oriented guitarists. The first studio album he released in 1967 was called Are You Experienced? It's a it's a monumental rock album. There are some very, very interesting and important jazz influences on the record in terms of the way the band plays, his improvisations. And later on, he and Miles Davis would develop a, a relationship. They had talked about collaborating on a record, but it was never meant to be because Hendrix died in 1970. There was a very strong influence of Jimi Hendrix's music on Miles Davis's music from the late 1960s and early 70s. Again, Miles Davis was the great observer, and when he sensed that the time was right, you know, he borrowed 
borrowed a lot from Hendrix. But let's go back to Are You Experienced, that monumental record. And the most obviously jazz-influenced piece is called Third Rock from the Sun. Let's check out this wonderful piece. So that section of the song has a very, very strong jazz influence. The drummer's playing swing style on the drum set. The bass player, Noel Redding, obviously can play a walking bass line. Hendrix's guitar sound is more like a traditional sound you might have heard maybe from the 1950s. Another interesting thing about the record is the voices that you hear. It's basically a conversation that's slowed down, I guess, about half speed. So it has that, you know, that kind of low garbled effect. The next part of the song changes up where Hendrix plays melodies in octaves, and this is his homage to West Montgomery. Next, let's go to 1968 from Hendrix's famous album, Electric Ladyland. Electric Ladyland is his second studio album, but there's a certain element of um, live performance on the record. The two most famous tracks are Voodoo Child and then Voodoo Child, Slight Return. Let's look at Voodoo Child, which is about a 15-minute extended jam. It features Jack Cassidy um, as a guest musician, um, and it featured Steve Winwood on organ, who had been playing with the group Traffic. So it's almost like an all-star jam session. It's a long extended piece, and there's lyrics to it. Let's check out a rather short solo that he plays that is just fantastic. Child is an extended jam with lots of guest musicians in the studio. Fantastic piece. Again, and the improvisation is modal, strongly influenced by Miles Davis's Kind of Blue and John Coltrane's music. Again, all these musicians were very familiar with Miles Davis's modal music from the late 50s and early 60s, and then John Coltrane's music. Strong jazz influence, modal improvisation. That is a fantastic recording. On the same record, they recorded a piece called Voodoo Child, Slight Return in parentheses, which is based on the same piece. The story apparently is a few days later after they were, when they were making the record, I believe was one of the television stations was doing a documentary on Hendrix and they brought the cameras in the studio and they wanted to film them recording and Hendrix said, well, let's let's play um, Voodoo Child and they played it with the trio with Noel Redding and Mitch Mitchell and this is probably one of the definitive Jimi Hendrix performances. Every rock and roll guitar player at some point has tried to imitate this. This is a fantastic piece. This is called Voodoo Child. Child's slight return with the trio fantastic piece. Mm-hmm. 
This next section of the song, at approximately 3 minutes and 38 seconds, Hendrix plays another guitar solo, a terrific piece, great technique. You know, he was a left-handed guitarist, so which is kind of unusual. Most the guitar is really built for people who play right-handed, so he, he really adapted the instrument to in kind of unusual ways and also the way he tuned the instrument was quite unique strong jazz influence great modal improvisation he had a terrific technique you know had he lived longer you know the collaborations with miles davis also collaborating with gil evans might have been very very interesting you know he was good friends with miles davis and and he knew john mclaughlin and all these great other great jazz musicians dave holland uh, tony williams we could just only imagine what he might have been capable of accomplishing. So let's check out the last part of his solo on Voodoo Child's Slight Return. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. You can visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com and facebook.com slash jazzinsights. Jazz Insights is a production of WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta.